three. Welcome to the 171st edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we're recording this on the Tuesday evening after Arsenal's defeat at Manchester City. They have the weekend off before travelling to Belarusia on Valentine's Day next week for the first leg of their round of 32 Europa League game against Barté Borisov. And rather a different podcast this evening because our normal venue has been double booked. We've only just found out. So we are now in the back room of the Gunners Pub where they're kindly allowing us to record. So our thanks to them and I will get on with the panel introductions. First up, a familiar voice and one of Mohamed Elneny's greatest fans. As I sit next to him for most home matches, I'm still trying to work out if this is a very prolonged wind-up or if he's simply delusional. You decide, listeners, but whichever it is, he's great company. So it was a very warm welcome to the man behind the spy column in the Guna, Mr Steve Ashwood. Oh, thank you very much for the kind words, Kev. And it's not a wind-up. <laughs> right, you are delusional. OK. <laughs> Next, one of our more occasional panellists and a regular contributor to the Guna. Although this season he's been having some IT issues, so his views have been held back a bit until now. It's been a poignant season for this long-term supporter because he, along with a few hundred others, was forced to sell his share in Arsenal Football Club when Stan Kroenke took over 100% control near the beginning of the season. And still, if his voice can no longer be heard at the Arsenal Annual General Meeting, at least he can have his say here. It's a very good evening to Mr Bernard Dowling. Thanks, Kev. Great to be here. And last but not least, another welcome return. Talking of Stan Kroenke, it's apt that he is here, given the club's evident financial situation, which led to a very quiet January transfer window compared to the previous season. He can also possibly give us a steer on the changes in the club hierarchy after the departures of Ivan Gazidis and more recently Sven Mislintet. He's a spokesman for the Arsenal Supporters Trust, who at least get to put their views to the club in private meetings and at the fans' forum. It's a very good evening to Mr Tim Payton. Good evening. Right, gentlemen, so the last time we recorded, we were in the middle of a bit of a patchy run, and I think it's fair to say it has continued. Um, What's gone wrong? We had a 22-game unbeaten run. The wheels have come off spectacularly. What's happened to this team? Well, I, th- I personally think it, it, you could date it back to Manchester United away when we lost Holding. Uh, we were at the peak of our 22-game run then. I think that was the last game, or the second to last game. We, we gave a good account of ourselves that night. And I would say that we possibly might even have won that game if we hadn't lost Holding in the first half. Ever since then, we've mixed and matched in defence. We've, we've lost Socrates for long periods. We've lost Kozielny for a week or two. Um, Mustafi's been in and out of the team. We've now lost Bellerin. But I think you can trace it all back to holding going out of that team. Um, everything seems to have gone wrong since that day at Old Trafford. We never seem to have recovered from that. A one-man team. I'm less convinced about holding, I must admit. Uh, I think it has a lot more to do with... Uh, him switching from 4-4-2 to 5 at the back three central defenders I'm almost getting the impression that Emery, who I rate but I don't think he's above criticism and this is one thing I would criticise him for has tried to solidify the defence by actually putting another central defender back in it to make it 5 at the back two wing backs, three central defenders Whereas the good run happened when we were four four two, that's my own view. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we're better with four four two. Yeah, because the extra man in the middle kind of negates being overrun in midfield and therefore yeah. putting more pressure yeah, on the defence right. in the yeah. first place. I'd like to see us four four two every week. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but I still I still think that these injuries to the defence haven't come at a good time. No. Right in the Christmas period, when you're playing twice a week. Um, I, I just think that it's an in, a terrible obstacle for any manager to overcome losing so many central defenders yeah. over a short period of time. I mean, I also think it was crazy reverting to um, 
at Saka in central defence yeah. just to make sure there are three mm. central defenders in the side. You know, he's he's no central defender. He's never a central defender, but no. he was played there in yeah. a few games. Yeah. Now we've got Mavropanos coming back now, as well, yeah, which that's hopefully he's going to help us. Well, I, another young player who's really impressed me when he, we haven't seen much of him, but Medley. Yeah, uh, you know, he's played uh, two or three. I think he's looked sensational yeah. But, yeah. You know, Do you think Emery's a little bit reluctant To put the youngsters in I would Can only assume so yeah. Because I can honestly see The Greek kid and Medley Being our central yeah. defence of the future Well he sold um, He sold um, Rhys Nelson Well loaned him at the yeah. start of the season We've now, We haven't seen Smith Rowe In any league games no. He's now gone on loan, thankfully. Uh, and Ketia has not had a league start or very rarely come on as a substitute. Yeah. Willock hasn't played in the league at all. No. All, all these are good players. Yeah. And I think yeah. they, they should have more league time. Yeah. But your question was what's gone wrong? Yeah. I actually don't think much has gone wrong. It's just the Arsenal, same. Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal are where I'd expected them to be. Looking at, looking at Arsenal's squad and players and the teams around them, I actually think if you'd have said two thirds of the way through, Arsenal were within three points of being fourth you'd probably say that's where I think we'll be and I'll take that I think people got far too optimistic with a run where they got some lucky results they played well at times and they didn't really face the stronger opposition the 22 games greatly bloated by all those Europa League games being included being included within them and how the fixture list fell I think this this is turning Arsenal around what Wenger left and then some of the errors that were made with contracts and in the transfer market I always thought was going to take two or three years I looked at this season and thought fourth place would be a really good result sixth place wouldn't surprise me at all and it's kind of where we are so it's more I think if you step back from living each game and perhaps getting a bit over optimistic and look at it in the round and I think I think I see Arsenal t- taking the fight for fourth place right into the final two or three games and I think that's probably what we'd all have hoped yeah. for at the oh, start yeah. of the season I would agree Absolutely. with that because you know I, although I was moaning about him playing five at the back I've been impressed with Emery but I think we have to realise after the mess Wenger left it was never going to be an overnight job putting things right it was going to take time that leads on to other issues about whether Kronke will give him the resources to do it, which I think is debatable or even doubtful. But nevertheless, even uh, if he'd had a, hundreds of millions to spend, I don't think it would have happened this season. You know, I think you've got to be more realistic yeah, about what Emery can do. Well, on that note, I'm going to bring in a question from one of our listeners on Twitter. Neil Gillespie is the name he uses. I'm not sure if it's real. But got a famous road name. Oh, well, this is why it may, it may be a fake name. I don't know. Twitter names, who knows. But he asks, would any of the other managers we were linked with in the summer be doing any better than Emery had they taken the job? Or is our current situation as good as we could expect? I think it's too early to say, and they're really difficult comparisons to make. What I can understand is when some people say you might have hoped that a new manager might have squeezed a bit more out of what he was given. You know, I don't think anyone was expecting to win the title, but maybe can you see a little bit more... Can you organise average players to defend well? You can. And I, 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 what does worry me a little bit is I don't really see the sense of purpose for what he's trying to do other than uh, there is an element of, I think, long-termism in him which I applaud because he's clearly decided that he's going to take on the Ozil situation, which, whether that's right or wrong, is a big call and he's chosen to make it. You might think it'd have been better playing for time a little bit more on that one, using Ozil a bit more, partly. I think if you're going to sell him, you've got to have him in the shop window. And, you know, it will probably... How that resolves itself over the next 18 months will probably define Emery's era because, you know, partly if he's stuck with him, there's not much money to spend elsewhere. If he can move him on, because I think the relationship is probably broken now. And if he let him back in, it would actually look like a climb down from the manager. 
and I think we all remember, you know, George Graham was a classic, but George Graham was more evolutionary in how people like Anderson and Charlie Nicholas even, they were edged out, weren't they? And it was all mm. part of saying, you're the, you're the guys that live in the nightclubs too much, I want these younger li- guys who work hard. I clearly remember with Steve Williams and George Graham, and the fans love Steve Williams, I personally thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he's um, my favourite <coughs> George Graham rarely ever played him. Yeah. Everybody, he didn't even play him in the League Cup final against Luton, um, which I think was a big regret. We might have yeah. won it if Steve Williams had been playing. But George Graham and, and Steve Williams had something between them. They didn't get on. And I thought the, the club suffered because of that. Yeah. Um, having said that, I'm not too sure the club's suffering too much with Urzel not being in the team. Because it's proved last year we didn't. Our results with him in the team weren't any better than what they it's are very, now, uh, it's very, without him. Yeah. It's very but early to judge Emery, yeah, isn't it? Uh, what yeah. I would say about Ozil is that I think we desperately lack any creativity these days. Yeah. Um, you know, Mkhitaryan's, you know, not outstanding anyway. We've missed uh, him as well. But without him, I think we're crying out for somebody like Ozil to actually create something. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, no, without right. him, it's it, was, it was apparent at Manchester City on Saturday that, that we had nothing to create in that second half. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the first time in five years we spent 45 minutes without having a shot on target. Yeah. Well, the team is so unbalanced. Yeah. You've got two world-class strikers in there, no one's providing them any service, and they're getting in each other's way. Mm. It, it is really unbalanced. I just feel... I hear people saying, oh, I've got every confidence in... Emery and I think well how can you possibly know yet you haven't seen enough get the one or two grumbles saying oh he's no good he should be out and I'm saying don't be ridiculous he needs more time in reality it's only half a season mm. I mean, this time next year when, you, when he's had a full window a whole summer of working on it you'll really be able to make a view clearly he's not a disaster no. clearly you haven't got a situation where you have to move him on although you know someone did remind me that Bruce Rioch probably had a better season and it was certainly easier to watch yeah. than we're seeing now and he was turfed out for Arsene Wenger after yeah, a year yeah that's right um, I mean I would imagine that was down to David Dean it was in Wenger anyway um, yeah apparently which, you had to work very hard on the Arsenal board to yeah, make them do right. it so unless you know there's somebody there that somebody in the hierarchy wants in I can't see that happening I think Emery will be here at the very least, this season and next season, he's got a three-year contract with a two-year break. Yeah, and two-year after... break. Just explain that. Well, they, I think they got the right to terminate it without any cost it, after two years. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if they paid him off this summer, they'd have to. They, pay they'd him have to pay him like two years. Two years. Yeah. Which so we think is is four million a year. I think it's probably a little bit more than that, but it's in that region. But having just spent seventeen million on paying off Arsene Wenger and team, they don't want to do it again. No, <laughs> no yeah. they wouldn't like to. Yeah. Um, I mean, Simon Rose, who, one of our contributors, uh, writes: Given that so many Arsenal fans were <coughs> desperate for change, how can Emery out exist as a concept? Given that funds are limited, at least till the summer, have Arsenal fans got so used to protesting? that Emery will do as a target to sate that appetite. Oh, no. Si- Simon's usually sensible, but there is an Emery out. Come on. I haven't the, seen the, the, <clears throat> It's perfectly legitimate to grumble about a team selection. Yeah, or say, I might have done this differently, or I might have yeah, done yeah. that, and question where he's heading. And I see that all the time. That is what going to football is about. Yeah. I mean, what's the point in all going? We all go because we all think we can pick a yeah, better 11 yeah. than the manager. Yeah, exactly. There, isn't, there is no... Emery out at all, and I think yeah. Simon's slightly dramatising that. There were some that. dissenting voices on Talk Sport on Monday morning after the Man City game. Mm. Uh, they were probably the, the Talk Sport presenters were probably goading them into bringing. Yeah. And saying well, they, they wanted Emery and out. of course the media and social media. You know, one in a hundred might say, "Oh, Emery out now," and it gets the attention yeah. because yeah. it draws That's it right. up. But yeah. I have not met. You know, I've met a lot of Arsenal fans who are a bit unsure, don't like the, think he's made the wrong choice in the tactical battle with Urzel, or tactical or selection, other issues. But there really isn't. A, but you know, Emery, yeah. out, if you go back to Wenger out, there are marches, there are protest banners, yes. there are supporter groups serving yeah. their members. There is a That's whole right. infrastructure. But, and there's none of that so come on Simon put no, yourself together yeah I have to agree you know I was moaning about playing three central defenders you know I still want him to stay in the job you know it's just I don't think anybody's faultless yeah, so no. you know the other thing we must remember I think and I, 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 I've 
keep reminding people is we must stop placing so much focus on Emery. He's only the head coach. Arsene Wenger was the manager. Now we have a club structure where two or three people are involved. The decision on the Aaron Ramsey contract was taken above him. The decision on how much money is available to spend and what he can do in January is taken above him. We had a scout, a head scout, he's moved on, but we've also got a kind of head of football and others in the infrastructure. So going forward, I think, you know, if we're going to start pointing fingers, it, it's not so much about the manager, it's about yeah. the setup and what they're doing collectively, because he's a lot less involved, although there is a bit of a discussion about in the last few weeks whether a bit more power has been reasserted. But I think you take my general point. Yeah, yeah. Even in the programme, he's not yeah. called manager. No, no, head coach. Yeah. I think he could do himself slightly more favours if he doesn't play Licksteiner anymore this season <laughs> because every time he's played against a big team this year City, United and I think there's been others was as well Was Maiden-Niles on the bench? No, he's injured He's he is injured. injured So it was yeah. basically Jenkinson or Licksteiner yeah. I, I think if you'd have polled 100% of Arsenal fans before the Man City game It's a tough call though, isn't it? <laughs> or Licksteiner I reckon 90% would have it's said Jenkinson code. You know, and I, I think in hindsight, you've got Aguero and Sterling. Which one, which yeah, one are you going to stick yeah, in at right yeah, back? It's yeah. and he went for experience, yeah. and experience didn't pay off. Yeah. I'd be surprised if Licksteiner plays in any of the next three or four games. Well, he might, he'll play in the Europa League, I suspect. Mm, I don't know. Do you think, could play. Do you think on, the, on the subject of Emery, do you think the language issue is helping him because it actually means that he can't be held very accountable, or do you think it's hindering him because he can't? totally communicate no, no, to us what, 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 what he needs to <laughs> I think hindering actually is it I, th- I think hindering it's like I mean Wenger spent 22 years in England and you still struggled to understand what he was no, saying no that's not true I mean he still spoke with a very very strong yes but you could understand him I know but with Emery he, t- he talks in cliches still well he talks in riddles yeah, I think well, yeah. no that might be deliberate well, yeah. I mean, Pochettino used it very deliberately for a long time, didn't he? Yeah. And they do it, which, yeah. you know... And it's a good way to avoid a question. I mean, but the, deba- the debate I've yeah. heard is that, that by far the most important words that he uttered um, since he's been here in English were, we can only make loans. Because to me, that, that is either a mistake mm. that's just come out and the club are like, oh my God, what have you said? What have you done? Because it does create a downer on the club and the mind pit. Or, so it was either a mistake by Emery, or it was very deliberate. Yeah, you it wonder, was his way yeah. of saying, I have got my hands tied now. You wonder whether Arsene Wenger would have said that. Arsene Wenger would never have said that. Arsene Wenger would have taken a hit for the ball. He, well, for the club. I'm not so sure for the ball, but I think he might have taken realised that if you announced that, you kind of, you know, and also there's ten other players or twenty other players that get want to hear that better yeah. players are coming to support them. Yeah. So I just, uh, I think Wenger uh, would have said, love to know what, what, well, what, what Jonathan, when he walked out the room from having said that, what the thought process was, mistake or deliberate finger well, no, pointing. Jonathan Houseman, um, he says, with Emery quite rightly unwilling to protect the owners, revealing that he can only make loan signings in January. Probably due to their lack of support when the three key players are ruled out for the season, would he walk in the summer if a £40 million budget for spending is true? Well, I'll tell you what, Kev. No, he won't. No, of course he won't, because he'll wait for his payoff. No yeah. manager ever no, walks. No, not, not, <laughs> not only that, Henry hasn't spent very much at any one club, very, very much time in any one club. Apart from Seville, and even even then he was only there for three well, years. Valencia also three years. Yeah, um, he sees Arsenal as a project, from what he said to the yeah. press, and he he's kind of enjoys the fact that he's going to have to build the club up without the resources. Yeah, he sees it as a challenge. Mm. So I'll be very surprised if he walks because he hasn't got more yeah, than twenty million. To no, spend that's right. And also, I I think we need to forget about playing. Uh, sorry, managers staying as long as Wenger and Ferguson. It's not going to happen anymore. They were the last two it yeah. would ever happen with. But hang on, um, I'm going to just play devil's advocate there. Let's say Jurgen Klopp gets into a bit of a vein of success at Liverpool. Yeah. I could see him staying for 10 years. Mm. He's been there three already, hasn't he? More than three that, four. Yeah. Four, yeah. four yeah. Right now. If he wins the title this year, he's going to save another two at least. I just think basically it is dependent on expectations 
of the club and the manager's own satisfaction with what he's doing. Mm, stop. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I, I half agree with Bernard here. He called him the manager twice. Ah. I, I, you know, and, and I know it's, a, it's an easy slip. I'm kind of somewhere in between. I don't think we'll see the 20 era again. And also, they were part of where Arsenal have got to get to and United have struggled is to change the infrastructure so it's not dependent on one man. Although I think this idea that you have this sort of group of people and it's all hunky-dory is a bit of a myth because of course part of what happens is they fight with each other at least when you've got someone like Arsene Wenger the only fight that's going on is inside their own head (laughs) (laughs) for decision making and and where things go Um, but back to you know on Jonathan's question he won't he won't be going anywhere partly like Steve said it's a bit of a project and a challenge for him and secondly if it it does go sour and by sour let's say we come six and we get knocked out in the quarterfinal in Europa League you know he won't go he'll wait to get sacked because then you get your your mm. payoff mm. we've seen with the accounts recently like Arsene Wenger yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but also I mean even if Klopp does stand up <coughs> two years after winning the league you know five years is nothing like 20 so you know no no well let's let's, let's imagine True. that Emery's going to be around for a while <laughs> the Highbury yeah. librarian has asked which current squad members will be and this is a hypothetical question which current squad members will be in Emery's first great Arsenal team? So let's just... Let's the just, easy answer oh, is Gwendoza. Gwendoza, Gwendoza, Gwendoza right? definitely. Gwendoza yeah. okay. yeah. is the best buy we've made really? of a player that age since Fabregas. Yes, easy. He's unbelievable, Gwendoza. Well, yeah. he's, he's, Every he's, time he's, I watch him... We've got our value for money. Every time I watch him, I think... <laughs> I'm not sure he's Fabregas, <laughs> but he's a very good signer. Oh, yeah. In five years' time, he'll be at Manchester City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. So he Madrid. won't be in Emery's uh, first great Manchester United. United. <laughs> he won't be playing well, for Arsenal, that's for sure. I'd sign him on as long a contract as so would I now. Oh, for a 19 year old he's unbelievable yeah, I was I watching that game is. on Sunday against City and him and Torreira gave as good as they yeah. got in midfield I thought they were brilliant the I mean you said he's not fabulous I don't think there's much in it to be honest I think he's easily the most exciting youngster we've seen since Fabregas and well Jack Wilshere was quite exciting I, I don't think he was as exciting as the other Kenduzi uh, and no, uh, Fabregas Kenduzi okay. uh, takes your breath away with yeah, some of the things does. he does yeah. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the way that teams target him and I think he because has, they see him as our danger man yeah, and he's I only th- 19 I think he has strengths that yeah. Fabregas doesn't I mean his positional play demands Demanding of the ball, yeah. you know, if he played alongside Vieira and Petit, who's the best central midfielder I've ever seen at Arsenal, yeah. Yeah. he'd be demanding the ball from him. Oh god, yeah. You know. Well, I'll tell you how good he is. He could walk into City's team and Liverpool's team and not look out of place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not, and I just hope he doesn't do that in the next few years. <laughs> yeah. If I take your yeah. question. Literally, there is, and I don't know whether we come on to this, I've already banged on a bit about it. It's a huge challenge to turn Arsenal around. A great team these days in modern football means winning the Champions League or at least kind of reaching a final um, and winning the Premier League. And at the moment, I'm not sure I see that happening in the. In our lifetimes? Well, I was going to say, I think it's at least two or three years away if. They managed to get every decision right between now and two or three years. And it, it's a tightrope because get one or two more decisions wrong and have a couple more years of Europa League and the financial situation, it could get really difficult. So I don't know if I've been a bit miserable with that or evaded the question, but you know, I would be quite happy if in two years' time Emery has basically re-established us with a couple of fourth places and then that just starts to give you the glimmer of rebuilding yeah. I think we've got a core of a very very good side really? Oh, yeah Torreira Guendouzi Lacazette Holding Bellerin five players there that, they are, that's, that's five that's good players gonna, still going to be there in five years time hopefully okay. four years time well I mean it does look like the policy will also look to use more well we'll have to sell one or two of those to rebuild well that's, I hope not that was what Liverpool really though, wasn't not. it <coughs> yeah you know that's how clock's done so the worry done. is is if in two years time Barcelona come in with 150 million for Guendouzi we, we're not going to be able to say, say no to that Liverpool oh. sold and bought very well and part of the challenge is I'm not sure who I see that Arsenal have to sell that creates anything like the level of income to spend 
at the level you need because you've got to be buying world class mm. Mm. well here's one uh, which I can think of some an answer to this but Keith Bowman uh, has tweeted other than flush it down the toilet how better would you have invested the 35 million we spent on the stuffy so you know in a way this reflects on Emery's inheriting a little <laughs> bit of a mess you could buy 10 more Genduzis well, well the interesting thing was Van Dyke was well, available for uh, less money than and that. Arsenal did flush about 15 million down if you remember they went in for Mustafi sort of in early June got rebuffed um, or it didn't work out Wenger didn't want to pay the money that had been agreed and then we had an injury and I can't remember who the injury was but we had a central defensive injury in like early August yeah. in, a, in a pre-season Gabriel? And they, it, 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 it might have been Gabriel, might have been Gabriel. Gabriel. but then we went back and were clearly like desperate and ended up paying for yes, five million I <laughs> it was a classic <laughs> of kind that, of clearly. you know oh here we are being really smart and tight and clever in the transfer market yeah. and we're, oh we've just paid double what he's worth yeah, yeah. yeah. we wasted 18 million on Perez as well, didn't we? Oh, He's still was, an Arsenal yeah, player. Actually, no, it wasn't that much. I yeah, we paid 18 million for 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? And actually, in terms of waste, there's probably a lot more waste there than with Mustafi. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair to Mustafi, I think he did make a fairly good start to the season it's just he's been very poor since coming back from injury um, you know it, I mean he would be a million miles away from my worst ever Arsenal team you know I think we've seen far more worse central defenders than Mustafi uh, I would be perfectly happy if he was sold you know I'm not saying keep him for the next five years or whatever but yeah, I think some people exaggerate just how bad he is. He's a conundrum, though. If we could get Chambers back next year yeah. and sell Mustafi as a straight swap, yeah. so invest the money that we're going to get from Mustafi somewhere else, get Chambers back as a replacement, would you be happy with that or not? Well, Chambers was part of Fulham's defence when they were absolutely awful. You know, I've got cousins who support Fulham. Yeah. And they tell me he was half their problem. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually since he's moved into midfield, he's yeah. improved quite dramatically. Yeah. Every and week he's doing well, well in yeah. midfield. Yeah. Uh, but as a central defender, I'd probably go with Mustafi. Yeah. 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 Do you think he'll be back next year? No, I doubt it. I think you'll go somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking of um, signings. Um, what? How do we reflect on the Sven Mislintat? Uh, Sixteen months, I think it was at Arsenal. Bit less. A bit less. I mean, I must admit, I was devastated when I heard he was leaving. Well, I mean, there was a theory that he was the thing that was going to save the club because of our financial situation. Mm. And did because he have anything to do with Torreira and Gwendozi? Well, he did. he did. Well, no, I'm not sure really? about the Gwendozi. You don't really know, but no. well, the Gwendozi one came out of the French network. I, let me, let, I'm not so sure here. I think part of the problem around the Sven Mislinet was he was overly sold when he was brought in. And partly it was because he was brought in at a period when people were so disenfranchised with Wenger but there was still this fear that he might cling on forever. And it was one of the few symbols of change. You remember, we, we lived with that word catalyst. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Catalyst, kind of a catalyst change. change. Yeah, yeah. And the first catalyst that things might be changing was the shaking up of kind of like yeah, yeah. the football scouting. Now, if I say to you, tell me who the head scout is at the other big clubs, and you wouldn't know. No. I think he got massively over promoted and also he's not out there watching all these games that's the scouting network mm. as, and there's no such thing as a like secrets anymore like 20 years ago or even 10 every club people will say oh we were watching him for three years that's because someone's got an index card and it's not done on index card anymore it's done on computers and databases every player in Europe is pumping through the systems and like being monitored so of course, a good manager, someone with a good eye, someone with a good network in that role matters, but it's not that important. They don't mm. pick the team. We've still got scouts watching in Italy every game, France every game, Germany every game, feeding it back. Part of what matters is that the manager trusts the scout and it ties up. For years, Wenger was pushing back all the scouting reports and saying, I'm not sure, don't want him, and so on. 
Well, you're using the word so, manage. Where I'm coming from a bit there is, I think a lot of people, in, you, and Steve was starting to say, oh, I invested a lot in Sven. I think perhaps you over-invested because it was at that time. You were desperately looking for anything yeah. to hang on to yeah. because you were just yeah. so fed up with with, with, with well, them. And he looks a bit rock star, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Like, even the way, you know, like, with the satchel yeah. bag and the big, he looked like being bored after a night out. He, he has got a family hand, hasn't he? Well, but, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, but one of the most known strikers in Europe yeah. no. was playing with Dortmund. Yeah. He might have persuaded 60, him to come. We spent yeah. 60 million on it. No, Aubameyang yeah. came because we, we tripled the wages right. compared to what Dortmund can pay. So I don't, by that one and yeah he went back kind of for a goalkeeper out of that league but come on a goalkeeper yeah. that was in the edge of the Germany squad I'm yeah. just you can you can sense my Socrates yeah interesting to see that I think, interesting I think, to see what happens now he's gone I think it might be unfair saying Miss Lintat only knew ger- players based in Germany you know, because oh, as he no, said, he would have had a, get around. No, but he would have had a net when he was working so, for Dortmund. He would have had. Yeah. He would have had a net. So I strongly suspect he was heavily involved, or would have been heavily involved in the Gunduzi move. Um, and Terreira, yeah. Why not? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that. But what, what, we, what, what we don't know, and he might be totally. But of course, uh, you know, again. Torreira, you know, wasn't exactly an unknown. He was playing for one of the largest Italian clubs and was in the na- was in the team going to the World Cup. Yeah, it's not to- you know what I mean. It's not no, like it. a secret for whatever reason. I don't know whether there was a clause, but it did seem to get him at a reasonably good value. Yes, yeah, yeah for where he came from. But I just think we must be careful about this idea of idolising the head scout because I, I also think they all have a purple patch and then it averages on. Do you remember for a while it was a guy at Newcastle, Keane, who was supposed to be the genius, and then the guy at Leicester, Steve was, who went to oh, Everton, and then Camoli. There's always a yeah. flavour of the month, and by the time they're heard of, they've almost they've moved through it because yeah. they're always going to get a couple that work, a couple that don't work, and then they make their name on whether or not they're like, almost on the scales. Yeah getting 60% right and 40% wrong rather than the other I'm just rather than the, the other way around that when he was here in 2018 we we signed Aubameyang Torreira Guendouzi Lino but um, what, earth Socrates, doing, Socrates, what earth were we doing signing all Aubameyang mixed on all, all but, mixed but, on, no, but yeah, what mixed earth, on was yeah, the, let me throw it the other way and I don't know in the mix but what on earth were we doing signing Aubameyang when we had Lacazette yeah. and we put all our money into yeah. another world class striker yeah. surely the, the, the bugger should have been out there spotting some central defenders for us yeah. or, well, a wide, or a wide midfielder well he, he, he sold Theo in the same window he bought Aubameyang so, you know, there's an argument, especially given how Bama Yang sometimes plays wide, that he was replacing like for like in a certain way. But, but all I know is, is that last summer we brought in some excellent players at quite good prices. Yeah. And we didn't do that in yeah, the previous like, two or three What I don't know is how much is that because there's an amazing head scout out there and how much is it because you've got a managerial situation where yeah. they're prepared to yeah. do it again. Because for whatever reason... Then yeah. I seem to get stage fright on signing players. Yeah, very, very hesitant. So, and I don't know. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm slightly making the, the counter thing here, um, but because uh, I actually think what's happened on the Sven situation, if you actually want to read it, is he was, you know, because he just brought in the kind of football contacts man, Rule Sinelli. I, I heard because he just say it at fans forum. One area where Arsenal were weak, where we don't know any of the super agents. Because we had it mixed in that world, you know, all these scumbags. Well, they deliberately, a, a deliberately decided not to. They deliberately decided not to, partly because they couldn't play in that game, and partly Wenger didn't like doing the big transfers. Yeah. So, ironically, we bring in a man with the Rolodex of all these big super agents, the Mendes, the Aniolis, and so on, just as we haven't got any money to spend <laughs> yeah. with any of them. But it was almost like, on, so on the one side, we brought on the man with the contacts book from Barcelona, knew the kind of agents, and on the other hand, we up. We upgraded Steve Rowley just with a European version yeah. that you know had the contacts and the network there, and then Gazidis was in some ways going to almost be the counterweight. Gazidis yeah, yeah. went, so in some ways you had a bit more of a power struggle. Um, at the same time, you got a Spanish manager in who, just apart from anything else, you've heard his English, probably far more comfortable talking to Rao. And I think what you've seen there is the Rao Unai Emery relationship is tight. Sven has felt a bit left out of all of that perhaps was hoping to get the technical director job but he didn't get watch it go to a Spanish speaker is my prediction um, or someone that's worked with them before and that explains it yeah I mean you just mentioned Steve Rowley Uh, I went off him when I heard that 
he actually talked Wenger out of signing Van Dyke from Celtic. Was uh, it for 12 or 16 million? But, yeah, something you know, like that. Something like Southampton that. Got, yeah. Because he cons- Rowley considered Van Dyke too nonchalant. You know, anyone who doesn't see the quality of Van Dyke is not worthy of uh, the job of scout in my view and yet Wenger kept him on that's the interesting thing these people in the back room who underperformed were kept on for the pure reason they didn't actually challenge us no exactly he's still there now actually Steve Rowley is he? no no he's gone apparently he's there in a consultancy role because I suspect I suspect that within that 17 million that was used to buy out Wenger and team that he went there but definitely the Arsene Wenger coaching staff and football staff went far too long because yeah. it needs freshening up and modernising back to where I started I think we saw Sven Mislinet as the first stage of the refreshment yeah. over invested in him arguably of his role at the club so when he went a, a more down than we should be um, I don't think it's a huge issue of course what might be a big issue is if, we're, if we've now got someone that wants to sort of do deals with the super agents and we're kind of picking up deals here um, I never really believed the Hernandez and, and the um, other stories from the transfer window but um, time will tell mm. was, was Torreira yeah. an amazing signing or how, could any of us have said that we just need a young, strong, defensive midfielder. We haven't signed get one. The pitch. We haven't signed one for five years. Well, yeah. any, yeah. any one of those thrown in our team would look yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. 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 obviously thought we didn't thought we didn't need one. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Regarding, you made the point about uh, changing the backroom side. I think Wenger kept his number twos for far too long. I mean, did he ever have anyone other than Pat Rice and Steve Bold? I no. can't think of any. No, he didn't. And he was there uh, 22 years. And he only so replaced Pat Weiss when Pat retired. Yeah, exactly. Look at the regularity. Well, he never had anyone that might come in and shake things up exactly. or challenge yeah. him Look or create the regularity friction. with which Alex Ferguson used to change his number twos. It was every other season. The players need a different voice. Of course well, they do. Well, yeah. Neil, Neil Banfield. I mean, I rest yeah. my case with Neil Banfield. Yeah. I mean... What the hell was he doing? What's yeah. he doing now? Yeah. The yeah. I'd be so, interested yeah. to know if anyone's employed these what's, so the yeah. what's the name of the new number two? He does a lot of pointing and shouting. Uh, Calcedo, is Ca- it? Carlos Calcedo. Yeah. Yeah. He's certainly got a lot to say for himself. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, Steve Bold, interestingly enough, has not changed one little bit. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> He's so conditioned. <laughs> I mean, if I had to bet money on it, I think Steve Bold will move on this summer. No, I think he's on very good money. Yeah, but it might be. I did. Where I might be with Bernard is, I think there were one or two of them that want good money, and they felt, well, why should we pay them off? Let's take advantage of what's left on the contract, and also it provides some stability and continuity because literally everyone would change. I've got no. I'm only speculating, looking at the situation. So his contract would run out this summer. Yeah. Yeah, because an, yeah. An, aw- an awful lot of them had contracts that ran to the same length as Wenger's because yeah. it followed him. Yeah. So I'm with Bernard. I would have thought yeah. there's a good chance that he'll go now. Yeah. Um, and he was partly there just because otherwise it would have literally been like nobody yeah. and yeah, no continuity right. like, yeah, at all. And like you say, why, why, why pay him off? I've I heard it might, might be a million, that kind of level. Why, why not? If you're going to pay it, whatever, why not take yeah. advantage of him? He's clearly not saying very much. No. no. Yeah, it's Certainly not coaching the defence. Well, no, no. <laughs> um, on that note, do you think one of the reasons Arsene isn't managing is because perhaps in his contract he would sacrifice his year's payoff? If he it, took it, it's a perfectly um, reasonable conclusion, conclusion, conclusion to make because... A lot of those contracts are based on on mitigation, and if you get another job, you don't get paid as much. Yeah. So if he doesn't start work until you, is he, what, next, what is he, next summer, this year, is he yeah. yeah, he has said, hasn't he? That I can't wait to get back into football. Yeah, I mean, he said yeah. he was going to get in a December, job in. He said I'm get a job yeah. in January. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, he, and he doesn't work. need any more no. money. No. no, I mean, he's always liked earning it more than spending it which yeah. is an argument for him to sacrifice well, let's say six months <coughs> of his payoff to get into a job I yeah. think it's far more likely that he hasn't been offered <laughs> right. I do I think Wenger would love to take a top job I mean, it yeah. 
Do you think that he, you know, he didn't pitch up at Huddersfield, did he? Yeah, no. exactly. If he got but funny the job. enough, though, I think he'd be good at one of those one of those clubs. Yeah, I think it. Someone like Huddersfield. He'd be I great think at. Huddersfield, Fulham, Brighton, places like yeah, that would yeah. take him. Yeah, in well, the they'd second. take him. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, it would be such of, a come the, down. Yeah, the kind of club Wenger would want to go to. I don't think they'd take him with the bunch. Did Bayern replace their manager, or did they? No, he's still there. He is still there. Okay. So the other job was Real Madrid, which obviously. Uh, you know, <laughs> ten years ago maybe, um, and is Gattuso still in Milan, or have they got rid of him? Yeah, I think he's still there. Yeah, I think I'm he pretty is. Sure he's okay. still there. But obviously, there's the whole Gazidis thing. We don't know whether or not he would entertain working them, with us. I, I don't see them reuniting <laughs> somehow, not after the final year, particularly. No, no. <laughs> Hello, Arsene. Hello, Ivan. <laughs> yes. Would you like to talk to each other again? Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised he's not been offered an international job. Well, I thought it would yeah. be an international yeah. job, yeah. or almost like running the technical setup of a national federation. Mm. All right, well, let's talk about creativity and getting uh, another question. I think this will probably be the last listener question, so I've got everybody in. And it's Joe Gagliardi, who says, Since the board made a commitment to Ozil, is it not the manager's job to somehow get him involved in the team? God, we're well, talking politics now. It is politics. Well, the, board, yeah. the board give him a contract, but there's 40 players at Arsenal who've got a contract. Yes. None of them have a right to get picked. Yes. They have to... It is on merit, isn't support. it? What the manager, what the board have done is give Unai Emery a contract and tell him to get the best results yeah. possible yeah. for the club and they need to kind of, yeah. you know, for better or, or worse, they need to back the manager in doing that until they decide he's no longer the man who's going to do better than anyone else. I think in a simplistic level, you could say, yes, he's on 350 grand a week, he's a highest paid player, he's very creative. Get your money's worth. Get your money's worth, play him, put him in the team. And I dare say that would probably work to a certain extent. But he's on three hundred and fifty grand a week. You could get rid of him, save that money and pay three players. You can't for the get same salary. that's the problem, because he's on that money, how I do know, you get rid of him? You, the, this is where the politics comes in because Emery's obviously not playing him in the hope that come the summer he says, Well, do you want another season like the last one? The alternative is to take whatever is on offer and we'll pay half your salary. Right, well, it's a Winston Bogard situation yeah. at Chelsea then. Yeah. Where basically, the player decides yeah. to put his feet up and possibly even have the ignominy of training with the. What do we do, the kids the now? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to. Poor chap's going to have to get Belarus <laughs> next week, isn't he? It's really cold. I do. Yeah. I think. I would probably think that there is a big element of what Steve just said there. The other thing that I wonder is when you're trying to impose a mindset of pressing more of working hard of yeah. team ethic yeah. that by dropping Ozil you kind of send a good message to all the other lads in the squad yeah. so I take your point yeah. about it's a message of almost like life is so bad here you might as well clear off get a few yeah. games go somewhere sunny where, where it, it'll be more nice for you and I think that must be a factor but I also think there's got to be an element here about setting a, it's setting an ethos yeah. about how you want Arsenal yeah. to be and if you let I mean he was taking the piss wasn't he yeah. he was clearly taking Especially the piss away games. he woke up at some tough away games he didn't fancy it some, ga- some games at home quite frankly he didn't fancy it and it, you know, don't tell me that the other players in the squad don't see it well, I mean, Ramsey, Ramsey yeah. actually let the cat out of the bag in an interview I think it was actually on Arsenal.com where he basically said sometimes he asked for the day off you know oh yeah I read that, <laughs> yeah, I read that. Um, so I, do, I think sometimes it's about if, you know his job is to create a team, and sometimes you have to be tough on you yeah. know a talented member of that team who doesn't perform. Yeah. Because what what are the rest thinking? Yeah. And that's where I think he's probably now in a real difficult situation because he re- if he relents and let him back in, yeah. not sure it's great message for the ethos of what he wants to do with the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean he's never going to historically. Change, I think no. Emery likes a high pressing team. Uh, which simply isn't Ozil's style of play. Having said that, if Emery could find a way of incorporating him with everyone else doing the pressing, I think it would be to Arsenal's benefit because, as I said before, we lack creativity without Ozil. So, for me, the ideal situation would be until the end of the season 
Cleo's a little bit more than he is at the moment or has been uh, lately uh, and if he can somehow create enough chances to win us the Europa League or something absolutely brilliant and then he can be moved on you know for me that's the ideal way of doing it yeah it's a shame we can't keep him yeah because I think his talent is second to none yeah that's it's, right. it's the work rate and the politics and the salary yeah. that goes with it that always well, makes that impossible I mean you've been around as long as me yeah I remember Alan Hudson oh, supremely gifted player. one of the most brilliant player. technically brilliant players yeah. I've ever seen in an Arsenal yeah. shirt oh, gotcha. he simply didn't work no you know or, or when he did he was a genius but you know if anything Ozil was this? the modern day Alan Hudson yeah Supremely gifted, yeah, and the fans loved Hudson as well. Yeah, but having said yeah. that, the, the, the intensity of the game, yes, was very different. Then. Oh yeah, so yeah. you could you could afford to have players like Hudson without it being so costly. And I think now, because of the physicality uh, and intensity well, I don't, I don't of the game, look at the pitches you, in those days. I mean, it, it, this time yeah, of the year, no, I do agree with Kev. Yeah, I mean, the pitches were horrendous in those days. You you, you had to work just to just to get through the. But they weren't moving at anything yeah. like the pace. No, were they? no, they, they probably. I mean, they weren't fixed. No, in, no. Other, in a lot of cases, no. the, the, the use they gave their bodies. The games probably weren't as hundred mile an hour. You could not get away with today. I mean, the no. Tuesday club, it couldn't exist today no. in a top level team. No. Um, so uh, let's think about Europa League because um, that could become very significant for the club and made the semi-finals last season and interestingly enough I looked at the betting earlier for the winners of the tournament Chelsea are 4-1 to one favourites but Arsenal are second favourites at 5-1 to one, um, behind teams like uh, or ahead of teams like uh, Napoli, uh, Sevilla, Valencia uh, Inter Milan and uh, Salzburg um, and um, Lazio is another one so I mean the bookies they're not idiots no they seem idiots. to think Arsenal have got a very decent chance I would agree with them I even, even with our defensive yeah, frailties yeah I do um, I mean you just named the other best teams apart from Arsenal and Chelsea I think Arsenal should beat any of them um, I think Playing Chelsea uh, eventually, which I think Arsenal will do in the Europa League, will decide who wins it. Whether it's the final, whether it's one of the, the semi-final or call, um, no, yeah, call final. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Um, whoever wins when Arsenal play Chelsea, obviously if it's the final, but even before that, I would make the survivors the firm favourites. Mm. Okay. Going to be a tough one if we, have to, then, yeah. if we have to beat them to win it. Yeah, mind you, all those teams. That, I mean, historically, they've. they've I, all got, I think you're rating them on their historical. Yeah, they've all got good history. If you, if you look yeah. at the current European coefficient, which is yeah. kind of like a ranking on performance over the last five years, and Arsenal and Chelsea are well above right. yeah. any of those others. Also, even Sevilla. Yeah. Look, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if you. Um, because they were in Champions League. Yeah, right. Well, Sevilla not United out of Champions and, League last year. Oh, undoubtedly, I would have thought Sevilla and Napoli are the two, particularly with a home and away leg, where yeah. it could, you, you know, you could get troubled a bit. But you know, on paper, in terms of quality of players, well, certainly in terms of wage bill, if you're playing top trumps on wage bills, it would be Arsenal and Chelsea in the final. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, are <coughs> we going to be attending a five fifty-five kickoff? On Thursday, the twenty-first of February. Oh, very much looking forward to it, Ken. Right, I am because the atmosphere will be surreal, (laughs) (laughs) and it'll be an experience to be. I think I'll probably go. It's outrageous, isn't it? It's outrageous on the behalf of UEFA for putting a kickoff into that time. And it's outrageous by Arsenal that they're refusing to refund people who can't make the game because, of course, season tickets holders are forcibly made to pay for that ticket, and I. 
you know, I take that you buy a season ticket and you accept the kickoff times change, but five fifty-five is not a reasonable time in my view. It's work, you know, it's impossible to get there for well, most there's people. There's lots of away games from five fifty-five from, from, from work. Oh, but yeah. that's that's an hour ahead yeah, in the European. So or, you know, yeah, or even yeah. sometimes later. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it is better. Yeah. Um, and this comes at basically because Chelsea and Arsenal have been drawn at home at the same time, which can happen in the later round. Yeah. But it's a it's a sad sign of where football is going that the TV money means that the people that actually go in and create the TV pictures don't count at all yeah I mean I will be going but it's a pain in the neck right yeah okay it'll be funny walking out of an evening game at 8 o'clock I'm not for that so surreal yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon the real attendance will be I, w- I would say 20 yeah I would have said about 20 I think slightly more than that I think more like 40 oh no 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 well, there's, no. there's traditional disinterest in you don't Europa have League. anything like that number at the Europa League anyway mm-hmm. put it this way I, I actually went out to Belarus last year and that is a real farmer's team. I mean, you know... They, they are the, but, but, the, the longest odds to win the competition. That, I mean, Arsenal will probably be 4-0 up. You right. know, cause so it'll be a nothing game. Strong, so it'll be a nothing game. It's in February, the end of February. It'll be dark and cold. It's at 5.55. I mean, you know, I really do. I'm with you, Kev. 20,000 yeah. best. That'd <laughs> be interesting, isn't it? Um, we may well <laughs> we, we may well be seeing Dennis Suarez play simply to him to get well, used to. Well, will have to play. Well, he's play. got to play sometime. <laughs> he's got to look better than he looks in, in the. Well, this here this that, is that, that the question. Road. What do we have high hopes for Dennis? He's um, not going to be as good as the last Dennis, oh, is he? God. <laughs> Difficult, isn't he? You don't know, I mean, do the you? YouTube video—he you looks sensational. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Why I didn't Barcelona give him more game time? Don't know. I mean, I, I did see that, that little run that he had in the Copa del Rey Cup when they played him and he went on that little slalom run and scored a goal. Yeah. Um, he's, still, he's obviously got talent, yes. but my worry is that he's got an Ozil work rate situation. Uh, not at Barcelona. Well, it's difficult to imagine. He never played for Will really never no. played why he hasn't played. No, but he was brought up. Oh, no, he went to City when he was young, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but but, but it, having said that, Emery does know him. So, well, that's a point. Actually, yeah. so he, he played in one of signed. his um, yeah. Europa League winning seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, one yeah, imagines I mean, that uh, he can yeah. contribute. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's an unknown quantity, Dennis Suarez. But one could thing be brilliant, could not work. about Suarez I found quite amusing was that uh, Arsenal.com had this massive headline: uh, Suarez scores a screamer in training. No. <laughs> It's a damn oh, yeah, does yeah, in training. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My lord. I would rather have that Unkunku guy from PSG right. who partners Gwenduzi for the French under 21s, yeah. apparently. And apparently he plays well with Gwenduzi. Yeah. So I think I would rather have him. What I can't decide on this transfer, you can have a glass half full or a glass half empty approach towards it, I think, is this loan with a view to buy. The glass half full is you're getting three or four months to have a look at him yeah. it's kind of like a sale or return yeah. issue you get a bit of yeah. time to think about it the glass half empty is you're not convinced he's good enough to buy mm. now if you're not convinced he's good enough to buy what's he doing here for the next four months well it's also financial in Arsenal's case well no because yeah. Arsenal can spend 20 million this summer whatever it could be but they decide they want to spend it elsewhere, partly on where he's at. I think probably they've done the right thing here. But it is a bit curious, isn't yeah. it? It feels like something that a, a club scraping to get by does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. People I, say it's an Everton signing, which is... But, but, but why? Guess, yes, why? Yes, if yeah. he's good enough for yeah. the Arsenal first team, yeah. why, haven't we, why haven't we paid for him and bought him now? Yeah. I guess it's partly to see how he ad- adapts to football in England, because although he was at Man City as a kid... Uh, uh, he never played for them as far as I'm aware it's quite unusual it's yeah. sort of saying we, games, it's sort of saying then that we're not sure you're going to adapt we're not sure you're good enough yeah. yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting he certainly looked a bit bewildered on from <laughs> <didn't he? laughs> what, you, what have they done to me did you, you see the way Guardiola went up to him when he was warming up put his arm around him and said you know good luck son and yeah, all that yeah. I hate the way Guardiola does that because to me, I know he's not tapping him up because he's never going to sign him again. <laughs> but I just hate the way Guardiola gets into an opposition player's psyche by yeah. 
he's putting his arm around him no don't want that yeah. it's like when Mourinho at the, at the, at the cup final the, yeah. was it the cup final of the charity shield was charity did, shield wasn't it he shook all the players hands he shook all the Arsenal players hands I thought get your hands off our players <laughs> oh, I don't on. want you touching our players <laughs> you yeah. won it I know but I just don't like it I don't like it when no. and if he starts putting his arm around Gwendouzi then you should worry definitely <laughs> right. okay well they might buy him yeah um, we did a little exercise before we start recording where I asked the panellists to predict the um, win draw or loss for Arsenal United and Chelsea in their remaining Premier League games and there was a consistency in terms of the number of points Arsenal would get. It was either 70 or 71. And also in terms of their finishing position based on these results. Uh, the panel all agree Man United will finish fourth, Chelsea will finish fifth, and Arsenal will finish sixth. Now my question, and I think this might be one more for you, Tim, in terms of your thorough knowledge of the finances... Although Bernard also is on the ball there. Um, how many seasons would it set the club back if they did not make that top four? If they don't make the top four, and even more if they don't make the Champions League out of the Europa League, although that is definitely like only half of what you need to do because you don't make as much money, it's really going to make things tough for Arsenal because they're now they're now kind of like breathing fumes in terms of the financial situation this year as we speak sitting here this season so season 18-19 Arsenal are going to lose about £70 million that is because the wage bill the amortisation bill which is the average you know when you buy a player it's, it's spread out over two or three years you make the payment and the cost of running the club is £70 million more than is coming in. If you had another year of Europa League, yeah, there's some new commercial contracts starting, but you'd be looking at probably making a loss of £20-30 the following year as well. The only way through that is to make some significant reductions to the wage bill, and not that includes not bringing in very many people because they increased the wage bill. So it would be incredibly tough, and I think we've seen... Some, some media comment based on briefing today that Arsenal might have 40, 45 million to spend. I think that if they were in the Europa League situation again next year, that's the kind of amount you'd be looking at. On top of that, trying to take some money off the wage bill. So, you know, if you think that, that we've got a challenge, everyone's talked about a challenge, we've got the squad now, you're not going to have a lot to change it. No. Um, or wait for them to come through. So, and I'm so you can tell, I mean, that even even at the briefing, the briefing I went to with Vinay and Rao, it was all about getting into the Champions League is kind of like where we've got to be. And they say, you know, financially and as a club positionally. I also think it's a status thing. I mean, a third year in a row, really, you start to become a Europa League club. Yeah. Um, so... It's tough. Just a final sobering thought to leave everyone with. I'm sure Bernard will add because he, he covers the figures as well. It's this season that we're sitting in now is the first season, certainly modern football history, where Spurs will earn, bring in more revenue than Arsenal will. Yes. Didn't you say earlier, uh, Tim, that um, if you get to the final of the Europa League, you make more money than if you get to the last 16 of the Champions League well yes because if you qualify for the Champions League through the Europa League what happens is you join the other four teams in effect in the English pool the, the way UEFA do it is they distribute the English broadcast money from the Europa League to the teams involved but you're, 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 you're squeezing an extra team into that pool so what happens is the fifth place team only gets 10% mm. of the pool so you know if you get in the Champions League but only say play four home matches because you go out in the round of 16 and you only take 10% of the pool you may well earn less money than in the Europa League so by far far the better scenario for Arsenal is to come fourth rather than win the Europa League what I also think so I'm, I'm, I'm talking too much now but I think we you know in your prediction game there you had up Chelsea fifth Arsenal sixth both of those teams are going to not know whether they need to concentrate more on the Europa League or the Premier League and that could be interesting in terms of squad selections and, and, and what they do going forward yeah I mean I think Cronkey is far more concerned with the club making as much money as possible than with winning trophies and failing to get into the Champions League either this season or next season will I believe spell the end of Emery's time at Arsenal being it coincides with the end of his contract uh, 
I think Kroenke would also be willing to use that as a cover for his own lack of ambition in a way he can or people speaking for him because he never says anything much uh, would be able to say it's a coach not me not Cronky uh, and I've done my bit by sacking him because of the lack of success don't blame me blame in this case Emery or whoever comes after Emery uh, I'm I'm strongly suspicious of Stan Kronk. Uh, I think him being the owner was the worst possible outcome that was facing us. And, yeah, I, I'm very negative about the long-term future of the club because it's not so much who the coaches are, who the players are, for the me, ambition it's of the owner, the owner right. or his lack of ambition. On that note, the analysis Simon Hill did uh, suggested that Stan didn't take any money out of the club in the year that that was covering. Now, that year was it the one that finished in May yes. twenty eighteen? <coughs> so the period when right. Usman still had thirty percent, and people like Bernard were still shareholders, and you wouldn't have expected to see anything in that period if you remember. That you know, he did start taking management feeds, and there was such a fuss at the AGM and elsewhere yes, right. that they that they that they that they stopped that. And what, you know, at least that was stopped. And I wouldn't have thought he'd want to pay a dividend when some of it went to Usmanov yeah. and other people. And certainly, the Arsenal Supporters Trust were owned eight or nine shares. I mean, it's nominal, but we would have handed a dividend back, you know, which would have been hugely embarrassing for him. But what we don't know is what's happening since. since. Yeah. Although at the last fans forum. Um, the AST did press on this issue and said, "Is can you confirm no money is being taken out in management fees, in dividends to cover loan interest repayments, and or in any other way?" And, and Vin Ivan actually said, "No money is being taken out of this club." So well, that's an, an encouraging, encouraging. That's an encouraging. Could answer. he afford to take it out? Though? Well, yeah, yeah, he could because he could just decide to spend less on a player, and there's quite a lot of cash flow in that club so he could take he could take what what we were concerned that is the loan that he took out from Deutsche Bank to pay for Arsenal he basically borrowed 500 million to, to round it off to buy the rest of the Arsenal shares will cost him about 15 million pound a year in interest payment and we were very concerned that 15 million pound might be taken out to pay for that I have to take you know Vinay Vinay at, at his word you know of course there's still three months left of this financial year and I don't know whether his answer means up till now but you know I'm, I'm hopeful that we won't see that go out but we, we have to watch I thought he said uh, there are no plans to didn't he use the word he may he may no, have it, well, it's to not... be honest when I read it that sounded thoroughly unconvincing to me uh, you know I <laughs> Well, I was a lot more encouraged by the answer than not having one. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't now go and say, right, we've got a hundred percent guarantee assurance. Yeah. Partly, like you said, that I partly read it that he said no money has been taken up to now. Yeah. And I think the big decisions are taken in April, May. Yeah. Just as you get to the close of the year. Yeah, that's right. So we've got to, we've got to keep an eye on that. And also, am I right in thinking annual accounts don't have to be produced now? Well, no, so they, they, they do. They do. They, 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 less information is available in them. Right. And they're tabled much later. So you might have, it was only last, about two weeks ago, that the annual accounts came out. Those are the ones that we'd have normally seen in September. Mm. So it's five months late, which makes, partly makes scrutiny and accountability harder because you're talking about such an older period. Yeah. So he will, we will see next February what they did up until May, which will be really interesting. If he's paid a dividend or a management fee or a loan fee, it will be covered in those accounts. Mm. But they, they're, they're much shorter than... Yeah. what we used to get provided as yeah, sure. shareholders. And we also, of course, we don't get the accountability of, for instance, asking him questions about them yeah, yeah, or the sure. other directors. So it, it's reduced because they're later and there's less information there. But we should still be able to, we should still be able to see. Yeah. Like you, I'm still, I'm, I'm less concerned than I was after that answer, mm. um, but we have to keep a close eye on it. Yeah. But of course, final, final word, chaps. Is there any hope that Cronky will sell 
sell out no. to anyone? Is anyone, no. anyone going to buy him out no. in the foreseeable future? He, he, he holds for the long term. It's an investment based on his view of what is happening to the value of English football TV rights, because that's what he bought a state there it's yeah. got a long way to grow globally he's got a son who if you like is in the business and is going in the same direction look there's always a chance he could die he's, you know they could decide they don't want the investment but I would have said it's 99.9% that they'll still be around in 5 to 10 years really? yeah and where will Arsenal be in that time? <sighs> well, we don't know I mean the Glazers on one yeah, level aren't good yeah. owners either and yet but, but they've managed I mean, at least to... Arsenal, and this is, this is a testament really to, to Fisman in many ways, and they are in a situation where with good management and a bit of luck, they can win things. Because mm. that big stadium and the brand and what's being earned now, I partly fear more for what Kroenke and his ilk are going to do, not so much to Arsenal, but to the fabric of football, trying to create European Super Leagues, trying to create even more and more cash within the Premier League, so we're watching a kind of league within a league, and you could say, you know, to me, it doesn't benefit Arsenal if you end up watching, you know, 16 Premier League games, which are dull because there's too much of a mismatch, and then in the European League, which is closed, the same teams are invited every year, it's kind of like, fodder we just have to keep buying tickets here mm. there but that is definitely where they want to take the, the English football and, and Arsenal and this, this European league will just replace the UEFA competition yes. so you well, still closed you'd, you'd still have your domestic league but what, what what they want and what you know conquer up with is we've, we've spent a large part of this evening talking about whether Arsenal will get into the Champions League or not that's a good thing because mm. that's actually what keeps us interested yeah. that's why we're going to watch till the end of the season it's kind of like a different form of promotion and relegation which is what football is based on they are trying to create they are pushing for something where that that ends because every year you just play in it and you're in there because you can turn over you're in there because you know you were one of the founding members and it's a franchise Mm. and that to me that's when I that's probably when I'd stop bothering because it's just become it's not become a competition anymore Mm. Yeah. yeah Okay. Some would say lots of people stop bothering now. Well, yeah, <laughs> there is an element of that. Anyway, we've got to wrap up because we've gone over our hour. So uh, I'll just say the next issue with the Guna is scheduled to go on sale at the Southampton home game. Although it arrives, if it arrives earlier from the printers, you may be able to pick it up at the Barté Borisov game at 5.55 the Thursday evening before. Um, in each issue there will be an A5 flyer with details of the campaign to raise a 1,000 subscribers ahead of next season so that the fanzine can continue printing. With sales outside of the stadium falling gradually, we need to ensure we can cover the bills before committing to another season. The deadline for us to reach our target is March 23rd, when the final issue of this season goes to press. Details can be found already of how to subscribe on our website store under subscriptions. There are links in a lot of our tweets, and if you bought the current issue, the rear of the calendar also has all the information. Hopefully we'll be around next season to continue giving you a healthy 68-page dose of fan opinion, ex-player interviews and nostalgia. As ever, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Podcast and email gunapodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks for your questions and topics submitted for today. With that, it is goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Bernard. Goodbye. And Steve. It's goodbye from him. We'll be back with another podcast in March. Until then, <coughs> this is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thank you for listening. la di da di da la di da di dee Oh, good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!